This is the Hot Cakes and Hot Takes podcast. On today's episode, we recap week nine of the NFL. Let's get it. everybody welcome back i think to hot cakes and hot takes it's been a little while been uh dealing with knee issues um and took me out for a week but now i'm back we're healthy we're here i'm here with bully i got a couple questions oh god first off how does a knee issue keep you from podcasting Second of all, care to explain how you have said knee issue, AJ? Oh, God, come on. Don't make me do it. And Zinky's here, too. He's yeah, I was going to say, I, I mean, I know I had I had an issue with my computer, which is nothing new to us, but he just decided to leave me out of the intro, I guess. That's fine. I am here, by the way, well, I was wait- everyone. I was waiting for Bully to say his <laughs> spiel, and then I was going to get to you. That's, you know, that's how we've always done it. But, all right. Why? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So my knee injury, I couldn't bend it, so I couldn't sit at my computer desk. Hence, and uh, driving was very painful, so I had to take multiple stops on the way home from Madison. So I had to miss that last Sunday because I got home pretty late. And I think the Vikings game was on too. So I we were trying to do it early. For Zinky, and then I we just got home real late. And then we didn't at kinda, all. And then we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and we didn't at all. That's okay. But how I hurt my knee is I'm realizing I'm getting old. That's uh that's about it. Yep. So correct. That's all there is to it. I'm getting old. Nothing more to the story. <laughs> <laughs> A girl happened to be dancing next to me, slipped on some beer, shoulder right into the back of my knee, down I went. Not good. Not good. That's why I don't go on the dance floor. No, just nothing but trouble and out there. As just, yeah, to that's just why. try to put an image <laughs> of the girl in your head. Oh, Some would say go. she was dragging. Just, hold on. Are, are no. you sure you oh. want to go down this route? Because once you go down this I already route, went it. you might I already be said it. Well, I didn't even hear you. I already I said it. Screaming. Oh, God. <laughs> I said it. She was dragging a wagon, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Dragging a wagon. <laughs> oh, Adrian, she's got <laughs> that's, that's my new favorite saying now. Dragging a wagon. A wagon. That's pretty good. I'll, I'll, so I'll what you're what you're trying to say is that your knee didn't get rolled on by Aaron Jones. It got rolled on by Kenny Clark. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Got it. Okay. So, yes, exactly. But let's get back to what we're all here for. It's been a while. But we're back week nine. Just when you think you know uh, who's good in the NFL and who's not, teams continue to surprise. Because I think I lost both of my co-hosts right here. Bully's gone and Zinky is frozen. Nope, so I'll just nope, I'm talking. Just experiencing some <laughs> oh. video difficulties. 
Okay. All right. Well, we'll start with the Thursday night game. The Indianapolis Colts and the New York Jets. Mike White, the savior, took down the Bengals. And uh, next thing you know, everyone's all excited about him. Everyone's saying he's the future over Zach Wilson. First quarter, hurts his hand, out for the game. Kind of a bummer there. I think everyone was excited to see what he was going to do. Josh Johnson came in, but all in all, this was just a Jonathan Taylor game. Put up big numbers. I think he had like almost 200 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Big game for Jonathan Taylor. But, boys, what was your takeaway from this one? Uh, well, my takeaway is, as usual, the Jets' defense is just atrocious. have no clue what they're doing. But, yeah, well, you said it best. You said it's the Jonathan Taylor game. I think he's got an opportunity here with Derrick Henry going down to kind of cement himself as the top running back in the game this season. He's got a sh- good shot at that rushing title. And he's going for it. Hell of a start. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, Bully. Um, you know, now that Derrick Henry, since we have missed, you know, a week, he is out for those that haven't been paying attention. Um, and they don't know how when he's going to come back. I mean, obviously, he's going to miss significant time. So, yeah, Jonathan Taylor has every opportunity to take hold of the rushing um, lead here uh, soon. He hasn't yet because Henry was on such a monstrous pace before he got hurt. But, um yeah, I mean, this is, you know, it's a, a good win for the Colts, a nice little confidence builder after they, you know, lost to Tennessee last week uh, in overtime. So um, if they want to keep themselves in contention, they need to get more production like this out of their offense. Defense has to step up a little bit, um, seeing as the Jets, with two different quarterbacks, were able to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. So uh, not ideal, especially since they're both backups. So they're going to need to shore up that defense because they have looked a little lackluster in the last few weeks. Hey, maybe, you know, maybe Matt LaFleur's brother, I think it's Mike, maybe he found something there in New York. Their offense is, I mean, yeah, a lot of garbage time points, but Josh Johnson was able to move the ball 317 yards. And uh, who knows, maybe – they're just not good at, you know, taking quarterbacks in the top five. And we'll get – might as well just hop right into the next game here so Zinke can get it off his chest. Speaking of Jets quarterbacks gone early, Sam Darnold now in Carolina. Starting to bite my take in the beginning. Not looking great. But, you know, this is against a Bill Belichick defense. You know, this is the defense that's making him see ghost. I mean, Bill's got his number. So I'm still defending him. I think everybody has his number. Yeah. <laughs> his number is, is public record at this point. Everyone has access to it. They can dial it up whenever they want. Correct. You're not wrong. But, yeah, another rough game for the Panthers. But, boys, what did you guys take away from this one? I think he just go talk about Sam Darnold. I'm not even going to say that much. I, this, I mean, like me and Bully have said since day one, he's not a good quarterback. Yes, he had a few good first weeks, as you said, and you know maybe got some of us to believe he may have turned a page on his career um, into a new chapter, but uh, it's the same old, same old with him. And you can't even say that it's because he doesn't have good running back play. Christian McCaffrey played in this game, and they still weren't able to do much. Um, so you know teams are just going to focus on Christian McCaffrey, force him to beat him, and some of those throws were terrible. Um, and you know there was no excuse when directly right to the to the defense he had no prayer you know to 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 make a completion and and he still threw him anyway so 
at that point, like, you know, again, what me and Bully probably tried to allude to in the beginning is decision-making doesn't matter if you have good offensive line or a good offense around you. If you are deciding to throw it to the other team, you're going to be bad regardless. Yeah, New England didn't even have to do anything offensively. They didn't really play a great offensive game themselves. They ran the ball pretty well, but they didn't need to because they were forcing turnovers out of Sam Darnold. And you look at that team, and their wide receivers have just become non-existent. DJ Moore, huge start to the season. The last, what, four weeks, he's done absolutely nothing. Robbie Anderson has never done anything through eight games, and that's because Darnold just can't get the ball downfield to them. Their only choice is to dump it off to McCaffrey when he's in the game or hope Sam Darnold can run scramble for like 20 yards. That's their offense right now. It's not good. I will defend Darnold um, for Robbie Anderson. He's been dog shit, actually. He has dropped so many passes. He is, even when he's gotten it to him, he doesn't cash in on the opportunity. So um, I thought it was pretty funny, too. There's a video with uh, with Robbie Anderson effectively, like, screaming at Darnold after one of his picks. Like, what the hell, man? Like, come on. He's getting pissed at him, which Robbie Anderson has no right. <laughs> he's not. He's not any good either. Yeah, I'm just looking at his interceptions, and I think the decision was right. He just well, bad, uh, bad, just bad throws. Right, but he's got to be better at making the throws then, because they were yeah. not good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's worse. I feel like it would be better if it was just a terrible decision, because that you can fix. But just being terribly inaccurate, I don't think you well, can fix that. The two, the two bad throws. He was on the run because he had no time in the pocket. So, again, I'm using the zinky excuse. You know, the whole line was shit. <laughs> Doesn't help anything. The one pick he threw, the D-lineman just made a heck of a play. He's thrown across the middle, and literally a defensive tackle just jumped up and snagged it out of the air. It's kind of sick. Can't blame him for that one. Me, I don't know. When he tried to throw I think what? late in the game, like just like the, the defender. That was a bad one. Or yeah, he was yeah. sitting in front of him the whole time. And unless if he's about to pinpoint it to the pylon in the back of the end zone, that's never should be made at all. It was it was a terrible throw, and he just threw it straight to J.C. Jackson. It was awful. I think my big thing for the Panthers is, aside from the interceptions, aside from even Sam Darnold, seems like even when Christian McCaffrey plays, like nothing is different. Like he'll put up numbers, and it, he'll look better, but – them as a team, it seems like their offense isn't any better. I mean, we saw when he went down for all those games last year, they pretty much were the same exact team without him, if not better. And it's just one of the weirdest things to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, yeah, I think what, they started 3-0, and now they're sitting at 4-5 and and regressing to the mean. But let's go to another team that uh, I have no clue. Zinkius is another year game. We're going to go talking about it get it out of the way baltimore takes on the vikings in overtime 34 31 sinky <laughs> let's go get it how do you feel you feel um, safe I, you feeling good you want zimmer fired good he says no i don't feel good but I, i'm not this <laughs> uh or shouldn't say disappoint me it was not surprising um i the entire time even when they were up 14 to 0 or 14 to 3 whatever it was I just never, like, they just were never going to get it. I, I always had the feeling that they were going to lose this game. 
And I even said it to you, fellas. You guys are like, oh, look at this. Even after the opening kickoff in the second half, we went, the opening kickoff, they take it back for six. It's 24, I think, to 10. And I'm just like, this is mm-hmm. just not going to go in favor of the Vikings. And I don't even know where to exactly pinpoint it. Um, the defense was playing out of its mind in the first half, considering they don't have to kneel Hunter. Harrison Smith was out this game. Um, during the game, Bashad Breland, you know, left. Um, obviously, Patrick Peterson isn't playing right now. So, I mean, there's a lot of key players that aren't playing. And they held Lamar to, like, absolutely nothing in the first half, rushing or passing. And so they were playing out of their mind. I knew that was going to come back to earth. Um, but I I think overall there was just in the second half, the offense couldn't get going because there was penalties that would push them back. I think on one drive alone, they got helped out. Uh, it was second and 20. Um, and then I think they got a, they got a penalty to help them continue the drive. But then later in that drive, they had another second and 20 because of penalties. So, what I think is happening with this team specifically this year is the offensive line has been better, still not great. Um, they didn't have Garrett Bradbury, who hasn't played great this year either, but at least he's the starter and he wasn't there. Uh, but they've had a lot of crucial penalties and crucial mistakes um, in, in games like this, you know, where they the one possession games, it's their third overtime, you know, in, in eight or nine games or whatever. I think it's their eighth game, but you know, so that doesn't help. They're always in these games. They just can't seem to finish. And I will admit that that then falls on the coach in, in Mike Zimmer. I don't think he necessarily needs to be fired yet, but I know a lot of people are calling for his head. So at this point, I've come to accept if they do fire him because of the expectation they haven't been able to meet, but I still don't think he gives it. Yeah, I, I don't really know much more you can say about them. They just can't close. No. Like, and and you look at the Ravens side, it, it seems like the Ravens have done this a lot. They come out in the first half, and they just look lackluster. And you're like, all right, what's going on? And then for whatever reason, when they really need to score, and they fall down by a couple scores, they just turn it on. They go, like, no huddle, and they just go right down the field. And I'm thinking, like, why can't they just play like this all the time? As soon as they have that urgency, seems like you cannot stop Lamar Jackson. But the first half, they bottled him up. It's just nobody can bottle him up all game. And for the Vikings, I don't know. It just seems like when it gets to crunch time and it's an obvious passing down, like that's when they really start to struggle. When they can run Delvin Cook and kind of do some misdirection, like keep the defense off guard, that's when they're really good. Go into play action, let Kirk throw it down the field. But when it kind of comes down to it and they know he's going to throw it, it just doesn't seem to work out for them. I will say this. Yeah, that's what. It's it's they're three and five, you know, not a lot of hope going forward. But I, and I, I'm not even saying this to incite an argument, but truthfully, Kirk has definitely been the exact opposite of the problem this year. TV sent me a snap saying, you know, love, you know, favorite pastime is watching Kirk blow it again on Sundays. And I just said to him, you don't know what you're talking about. You literally have no idea. And he goes, I saw three bad throws. It's all I needed to see. Yeah, he didn't have an efficient game today, but. He brought him down the field to tie the game at the end. I mean, he's still in, he's done that all year. He's only thrown two picks on the season. He's got, I think, 17 touchdowns. He's having a fantastic year. But because they're three and five, nobody looks at him and says that, oh, he's having a good year at all. They just think he's mm-hmm. average cousins, that he's terrible. Yeah. And the problem is, like, you get to overtime and 
The defense actually makes a play. <laughs> Anthony Barr makes an incredible play on the interception. And what does the offense do? I think it was three and out. Just gave it right back. And you're like, yep. oh, that's the game. I mean, they had a perfect opportunity and they couldn't do anything with it. There's no way their defense is going to be able to stop them another right. time. And I think they might have even stopped them one more time. But it's just, I don't know. It's it's a weird team. It's a good team just that can't close. And it turns them into a very average to below average team. That's why, like, I'm not sure where the issue is, though. It's like, it's you got to look towards the coaching. I mean, obviously their offense has all this talent. You know, J.J., Thielen, Kirk, Delvin. I mean, talent-wise, that's got to be like a flop. Yeah, Madison, too. You know, K.J. Osborne's coming into his own. Even Conklin. Conklin's fine at tight end. Yeah, exactly. Like, they have a talent. It's just, I don't understand. Like, this team shouldn't be three and five. And, I mean, you go through the, you know, quickly going through the the, the season, the Bengals game, they lose off of, a, you know, the Delvin fumble. Then the Bang- the they lose to the Cardinals off a missed field goal by Greg Joseph. The Cowboys games, they lose with Cooper Rush somehow lights him up for, you know, it's this team could easily be six and two. Like they could have won this game. Like yep. it's just it's got to be something. It's not it's not the talent. I think that's why you got to look towards the coaching staff. And I don't know if just there's no way you should be losing a lot of these close games. It's, you got to somewhere look inward. GM coaching some, something. I don't gotta know unless if there's a hot coaching commodity out on the market, which as far as I know right now there isn't any. And you know I know a lot of people. But if they get boy, Michael Ford. No, absolutely not. Ooh, that would be fun. At this point, I would say if you were to pinpoint offense, defense, defense has been the lackluster of the two. The offense at times will sputter out, but I do mm. think it's of play calling. But like I said, it's there are plays that they do that absolutely infuriate me. When they do that like quick screen to the outside with no blockers, absurd. Why anybody ever does that in any team is insane, but the Vikings do that a lot. They like to do the pitch plays or snap it from the shotgun on like third and one situations. Why? Why are we making it harder on ourselves by going backwards four yards to start the play? Get our running backs ahead of steam. We have CJ Ham, who had a great catch to keep the game-winning drive going. He's talented too. Let's do what we do best to run the football. But they do it in these stupid-ass ways. It has nothing to do with the offense. Like you guys have said, we have all the talent, but they don't do they don't run it right. It's insane. So, yes, that part's on coaching, but we're not going to go out and get an offensive-minded coach. We don't really need help on offense. We just need somebody to quit calling dumb plays. You're muted, AJ. Try again. Hmm. Sounds like something an offensive-minded head coach could help fix. Yes, I knew you were going to say that, but it <laughs> fire Mike Zimmer, who is a defensive-minded head coach. And again, I know I said the defense hasn't been playing well, but again, I said and I, before all this, five key players right now are out. And I know that's you know a lot of excuses. Everybody has injuries, but it's hard when you have Let's look have at the Packers. I'm the Packers could have the same excuse. Have injuries? Right. I'm just saying. They, you know, it's it's hard. You know, not every team's going to be able to do it. And to me, then that just goes to show that you know Packer fans are as you know as always advertised by me. They're irrational. They hated Joe Barry the first week just because they gave up like thirty eight points to the Saints. Now look at him; his defense has been balling out. 
in crucial games to keep them in games. So I just think we need different coordinators, and I don't think Clint Kubiak's being that, you know, that great of an offensive coordinator. I'd agree. All right, enough Vikings talk. Let's move on to the next game. Probably the biggest shocker of the day, at least for me. Denver Broncos take down the best team in the NFC East, according to a lot of uh, ESPN guys. This team's for sure NFC, one of the NFC favorites to the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys just lay an egg at home against the reeling Denver Bronco team. What did you guys feel about this game? Quarterback controversy. Bring <laughs> back Cooper Rush, baby. <laughs> I I think it's hilarious for the simple fact that uh, the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos in this game was the old Panthers quarterback, and he's, you know, not not all pro. He's not even a Pro Bowl level player right now, but he's a lot better than Sam Darnold. Does he takes care of the ball? Doesn't make mistakes. He had a rough game last week. He had a rough game last week. I'm not saying he's perfect, but I'm just saying he's certainly less rough than Sam Darnold has been. But, I mean, this just goes to show you that running the football, playing good defense can win you football games in the NFL. The Broncos that, have- that is not a recipe for Mike McCarthy. No, definitely not. He does not. not believe in neither of those two things. Right. The Broncos ran it 38 times. For almost 200 yards, and their defense balled out. The Cowboys ran it 14 times, and they had a pick, and they didn't take care of the ball. And their defense, you know, has been very fortuitous this year on a lot of their uh, turnover battles, and they've won won those battles, which is good. But that's not going to last forever, and you can see that in this game right here. Who would have thought? All the Broncos had to do is trade away Von Miller, and the defense would have got better. Kind of crazy. He was the problem. Yeah, I, I, I think the, the intriguing part for me is the, the Broncos offensively, because we kind of went into the season, and we're thinking, like, well, they got all these weapons to get the ball to. They got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant. We're just not really sure which quarterback's going to get them the ball. And really, it's been their running game. I mean, we, we talked about the running game, and we're like, well, Melvin's a guy, but you think probably – Javante Williams is going to take it over from them. No, they're just riding both of those guys. Today was a perfect example where they just kind of played the hot hand, swapped them out, kept them with fresh legs, and they were just chugging all game long. And this exact strategy is what the Cowboys need to do, and they still just refuse to do it. And, yeah, they're sitting at 6-2. and two. I don't want to be too hard on them, but they should be doing what the Broncos are doing. It, all right, but because we just came up earlier uh, when we were watching the game, we got to talk about the play, big controversy. The Dallas blocked punt. Oh, goes, yeah, I'm sorry. The blocked scrimmage kick. Scrimmage kick. Scrimmage kick. Yep. Yeah, thank you. It goes with beyond the the. Oh my God, what's the? Where do you snap the ball from? The scrimmage the line. Scrimmage, <laughs> There you go. That's it. Goes beyond the line of scrimmage. I knew their guy grabs the ball. Not good. So touches them. And the Broncos pick up the ball. Denver's ball first and 10. Interesting enough. They interviewed that guy after the game. And they're, you know, they're just like, what was going through your head on that play? And he straight up, he quoted, 
He said, I know I shouldn't have been there. I had to get away from the ball, but I wanted to make a play for my team. So he knew oh. not to touch the ball, but went for it anyways. So calling him an idiot, and I'm sticking with it. Yeah, that's all on him. That's this all is him. All, that's the hard part. That's always the hard part is getting yourself to not try to make a play. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, we were saying before that that was – we thought it was just heat of the moment and you blocked punt and you're like, oh, cool, you know. And he may have just, you know, lost his marbles for a second. He's like, this is fire, you know, fine. I can just go ahead and touch it. But obviously he touched it and the Broncos picked it up. And, you know, it's a, it's a muff scrimmage kick and, and you're good to, good to recover it and uh, it, it'll be your ball. So, I, yeah, knowing he knew about it, sure, he's an idiot. I agree with you. Okay. Thank you. That's all I wanted. Yeah. Enough of that game. Can move on to probably well, and this is another surprising one. I guess I should take it back. Uh, the Buffalo Bills go down to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Urban Meyer's on fire. Josh Allen had a day today. Not the Bills quarterback one, but the Jacksonville Jaguars linebacker. Well, I know you're excited about it, so I'll let you take this one. How'd you feel about this game? Clearly the best Josh Allen in this game. Not even close. We all knew it. We all knew which one was going to step up and lead his team to victory. That's Josh Allen, number 41, Jacksonville Jaguars, baby. What a game. He had a sack. He had a fumble recovery. I think he had an interception. I don't know. He did everything. Seemed like he did everything for that team. And Wow, how the Bills have fallen. Three weeks ago, everyone saying Super Bowl, Super Bowl, then all of a sudden they blow it against the Titans, and ever since, been looking a little shaky, not sure what's going on with Buffalo, but they've got to figure some stuff out. See, I thought you guys were going to play into it more. I should have said, of course, it was the six foot five Josh Allen that was taken seventh overall, because they're both six foot five and they were taken seventh overall. Back-to-back years, you guys had to keep going with it. Really just let them, you know, leave them. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, it was insane. I, I'm sure most people by now have, have heard all of the, he was the first guy to, with the same name to sack a guy of the same name. Have to assume then that he's probably the first guy with the same name to pick off the guy with the same name. Maybe the first guy with the same name to recover a fumble from the guy who fumbled <laughs> the same name. Let's just keep them rolling. I mean, just a fantastic day. Um, other than that, it was pretty awful. I mean, nine six. <laughs> nothing else to say. That's absolutely terrible. Six to nine, bull is in keys. Six to nine. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, I mean, I know Diggs had eighty-five, you know, yards, but like, he was a huge like a part of their offense last year. And he has been largely disappointing in terms of the number of catches he gets and the number of yards he's gotten. I don't know if he's gotten over a hundred yards more than once this year. And I think he only has two touchdowns on the season. So getting it to your playmakers are, is important for the bills and they just haven't been able to do that this year. Yeah, it's crazy. And you look at Cole Beasley, he had 11, ca- or eight, 11 targets, 8 catches for 33 yards. 8 catches right. for 33 yards. Awful. Awful. Don't, don't get me started on that. That stat line that you just read is why I hate PPR fantasy leagues. Yeah. 
Guy did absolutely nothing to help his team, and in fantasy, he gets like 11 points for that game. Yep. It's like, well, I mean, that's just stupid. <laughs> Why? Do, yeah, what do you, he just gets a, cat, you know, a point for catching it? That, that's, what did he do? If he's two yards, I could catch it too. Just let me stand there at the line of scrimmage. I'll catch it. I won't go anywhere, but I'll catch it. <laughs> but, yeah, crazy game. It seems like whenever uh, ESPN anoints the, the Super Bowl favorite, that team just shits the bed. So I wonder who's next on the list now that the Cowboys fell and now the Bills fell. You want to know uh, what this maybe... – I don't know if – I just heard about it today, but uh, it's the uh, Manning cast curse. You heard about this? Oh, no. You know how on Late. Monday night, obviously, Eli and Peyton, you know, host a, a viewing party for the game, and they bring on guests to talk about, and it usually comprises of old players, um, you know, people that they know, friends, you know, some people outside of football, but then they usually at least have one person who's still in season. And I, I'd have to do more digging into this, but every – like every – uh, week they've had a guest that team has lost the next week they've played they had josh josh allen on last week and they lost they had tom brady on and he lost the next week so i have to do some digging into that because we'll have to see who they have next week and we'll follow along and see if that's real yet another conspiracy where <laughs> <laughs> does it end, end? <laughs> We'll move on to the next game. We'll go to the Atlanta Falcons, take on the Jameis Winstonless New Orleans Saints, and kind of bummed out for the year. Torn ACL. Trevor Simeon gets the start, plays all right, but Matt Ryan outduels him. Falcons win 27-25. I guess feel about this one. Um, yeah, I mean, you can try to blame it on Trevor Simeon, but ultimately your defense can't give up 27 points to the Falcons. And and that's what did him in. Their defense has played well. They played really well against Tampa Bay. But in this one, I mean, Matt Ryan just kind of had his way with them, spreading the ball around to a lot of different guys, moving the ball down the field. And if you're doing that against Atlanta and you got Trevor Simeon, you're just not going to be able to score enough points put up. Yeah, and I think, you know, the unsung hero now who maybe won't be unsung for much longer, but Cordell Patterson is absolutely amazing. Ever since he went to Atlanta, he's been nothing but roses for him. He has taken over as the running back receiver in their offense. I mean, he only had nine carries for 10 yards, but he had six catches for 126 and a huge, you know, play at the end of the game to get him back in the field goal range to win it, but He's just been their their X factor. Anytime they can get him involved to, you know, a, a, a good degree, they've been fairly successful. And I mean, that started kind of after like week three, and you know, they're four and four. They've been playing better as of late. And this is a high powered offense you wanted to see from from the Falcons with Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts and you know Mike Davis who played well in in uh, Christian McCaffrey's absence last year. But obviously, Calvin Ridley, you know, is dealing with his own personal issues and. You know, so he's stepped away now from, from the Falcons, and Pitts has emerged as of late, but Mike Davis has largely been a disappointment. So I don't know what they've got going there, but they, they're doing it right. They're off. Kind of getting back to their, their days of old when they were just, you know, the best offense in the league. Yeah. Interesting. I'm curious to see what the Saints decide to do going forward, sticking with Trevor Simeon or throwing Taysom Hill in there, but 
<sighs> Man, I miss Jameis. That's for sure. Yeah, we all do. It's a blow. It's a blow for sure. And I thought coming into this that they were just going to feature the hell out of Elvin Kamara, playing a pretty bad run defense. You know, you got Trevor Simeon getting a start. Like, let's just get the ball to by far and away our best player on the team. And they really did it. I mean, Mark Ingram got almost as many carries as he did. He didn't get a ton of targets receiving-wise either. And it just, I don't know. They got to find a way to get the ball more to Elvin Kamara because I feel like they still don't do it enough especially with no Mike yep. Thomas now the rest of the year as well. Yep. Yep. But it's enough for that game. Let's move on to an AFC North battle between the Browns and the Bengals. This is kind of a matchup to see which team's for real. And, man, the Browns just put the Bengals in the dust. How do you guys feel about this game? I think, you know, this is a, a learning experience, more or less, for uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, they were riding high just a few weeks ago. They were 5-2. and two. Tops in the AFC, number one seed. People kind of thought that this team has arrived. We're good to go. Um, but you could see that their youth kind of came out today. Uh, Burrow had two picks. Um, one was early. That was tied, and he threw a pick six and you know quickly turned the game from there. Um, it wasn't a great throw. Um, I think even uh, Jamar Chase had a fumble that he lost. Um, so he, and he, plus he had a few drops today. Um, so I think this is just their, you know, one of their youthful inexperienced games where they're just going to make some mistakes where they got to learn from. Um, but the Browns, you know, they, they, they put it to them, especially after all of the, uh, Odell controversy, all of the, you know, is he on our team or are they going to trade him? Now he's being released. Everybody's saying free Odell. Like he's a prisoner, like they've wronged him, which I think is hilarious. Even the Vikings, like two Vikings players, had like a had like a shirt they were wearing that wearing that said "Free Odell." And I'm like, from what? It's not like it's not like anything they've done. It's like they're holding him against his will. They're currently working a way to release him. They didn't trade him, and they're still going to just yeah. let him go scot free. I don't I don't know where this is coming from. It all started from LeBron, who said "Free Odell," and I'm like, from what? I you know he's not in captive uh, captivity. I don't know. I think it's all crazy, but they let him go amidst all this controversy. You have Steve Smith saying Baker Mayfield is terrible. He's the reason that Odell's leaving, and he just comes out as a nice, you know, two hundred eighteen two touchdown game. You know, he didn't turn the ball over, took care of it, let his running back Nick Chubb do all the work as they usually do, and look at forty one sixteen right back on track to what they were and what we thought they would be at the beginning of the year. Yeah, uh, I agree. Just an all-time stupid lack of awareness thing for all those players to wear free Odell shirts. Like, that guy has caused more problems on teams than anyone has ever done him harm. He asked for a release, and they literally are releasing him the same week. Like, what more do you want them to do for this guy? But I I did think it was pretty hilarious when he hit uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones on that deep ball just right on the money. And I, I just immediately thought to myself, like, oh, if that was Odell, that would have been missed by like five yards and then instantly like tony robo was like oh not really missing odell are they he's just because you knew that's what everybody was thinking when he hit him on that deep ball and yep. you want to know it's funny is i support um schefter rapaport somebody that were like you know odell wants to be on a contender which i don't blame him you know that's you know i'm not going to say that that's wrong for him to want but then in in the same tweet said if he gets claimed off of waivers from a bad team, there may be issues. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. 
That's what you want to hear. Like, it's out of his control. I get it that he doesn't want to go to, like, a Texans or a Jaguars or a Dolphins and to be be with a team that's not going to go anywhere this year. But, I mean, that's the way it works. You know, you can't just pout your way into into a situation yeah. that you like. I mean, you that's were on a contender. <laughs> right, right. And you don't like them. So what do you want? Like, you can't have everything. You can't have it your way. So, yeah, I don't know about Odell. I want to like him. He's a great player, but he's just – it's insane that he's just crying this much to try to get to a team that I think he just wants to be signed by the Rams at this point. I'd take, I'd take him if I'm a Packers fan. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of that's, – that's like 50-50. There are people that want him. There are people that don't because they think he would ruin the locker room. I don't know. They're doing a pretty good job of that themselves right now. <clears throat> Rodgers. <clears throat> ah. Add Odell to the mix. One last dance. Love it. Let's go. From there. Yep. But, nope, that's enough for this game. I guess we should mention real quick the Denzel Ward 100-yard pick six. Pretty cool. Help uh, get the Browns in the early. Pretty cool. What? Yeah, pretty cool. (laughs) Pretty cool. We can – thank you. Let's move on to the snoozer game of the week. The Miami Dolphins, Houston Texans, no Tua. Tyrod, I'm sorry, Tyrod Taylor's back. Dolphins win. Not much happened in this game, so real quick, how'd you guys feel about this one? Uh, the second all-time meeting between one and seven teams in NFL history. That's how I feel. Only That's the pretty. second. Yeah, pretty fun fact. Any more fun than huh. anything that happened in this game? You're not wrong. Yeah, I was expecting big things from Terod Taylor facing a struggling Dolphins defense, getting back on the field. I thought him and Brandon Cooks were going to hook up for some nice plays, and nope, he never got it going through three picks. Uh, I guess good to see for the Dolphins defense to rekindle some of that old magic, but then again, it was against Houston, so hard to take a ton from this one. Yeah. All right, that's enough. We'll move on to the next game. The Las Vegas Raiders, New York Giants. Kind of a shocker here. Danny Dimes and the Giants pull out a win. 23-16 at home. How'd you guys think about this one? Yeah, Raiders kind of been quiet since the the whole John Gruden thing. They kind of sneakily won their last two without him, and they were sitting at the top there in that division. And then they go to New York, and they just give a game right back. I wouldn't say it's a shock but definitely didn't expect the Giants to win this game. I think we're headed into the territory of where we found ourselves at the end of last year with the Giants. Um, Their defense is pretty good at this point. I don't think you can say they're bad. Um, You know, some good teams this year. You know, they almost beat the Chiefs last week on Monday night. Um, And it's largely through their defense. You know, the offense is still going to have its issues. I mean, Daniel Jones had 110 yards and one touchdown in this game. So, not you know, they're not, you know, blowing the top off anybody. So, um, and obviously not having, you know, Kenny Galladay, Barkley, their offense just isn't all there. But there's enough there that they can keep themselves uh, competitive, especially with the way their defense is playing. And this is what you'll see. Next week, they might score seven points, and that'll be it. And they're going to lose. But 
they're going to have their good games. They're going to have their bad games. And it's, you know, today was a, was a good enough game. And I actually, Kenny Galladay did play in this game, but, you know, still not great. You know, you only had two catches. So, like I said, they're going to ride the coattails of their defense as far as they can take them. Unfortunately, this year the Cowboys are seem to be a formidable opponent and they should win the division, but you never know. You never know with the NFC East. And I will say about the Raiders, said they've been quiet. You know what's sad is that I literally forgot about the Henry Ruggs thing because yeah. of all this Aaron uh, Rodgers bullshit. We're more worried about whether a guy's vaccinated or not than actually talking about that travesty. Yeah, I said that to You're my right. dad. Did you want to know how sad this world is? Henry Ruggs, drunk, drove 156 miles an hour, slammed into someone, killed him and her dog, and that got less attention and less gripe than Aaron Rodgers because he said he was vaccinated when he wasn't. Unbelievable. What a world we live in, that's for sure. But we can move on from this game, get to the afternoon games. We'll start with the Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers. No Kyler Murray, no DeAndre Hopkins, no problem. Cardinals get the win, move to 8-1. How do you guys feel about this one? I think this is a nice uh, maturation for the Cardinals. You know, this is a perfect game for them to drop after losing a heartbreaker to uh, the Packers on Thursday night the week before. Um, You know, their two best offensive weapons are gone. And you could see him laying an egg against a team that has a pretty solid defense. You know, they're kind of healthy now at this point. They've been, you know, again, battling some injuries. But today they were all healthy and they just came out. And that defensive line for the Cardinals has been amazing. Marcus Golden, I think, had three sacks in this game. You know, a couple weeks, like a week and a half after J.J. Watt has his surgery that's going to keep him out for most of the year, if not all year. Um, You know, and obviously with pair that with Chandler Jones that front is really really scary they still have Isaiah Simmons obviously as like a hybrid linebacker safety Buda Baker they got a lot of great talent on the defensive side so if this team can you know consistently play at a high level on defense and keep getting pressure on the quarterback that offense is obviously going to start churning out more points they get back to full health and and it could be a this could be a Super Bowl contender yeah, Colt McCoy, 22 of 26, just took care of the football, did what he needed to do. And that running game, you know, for a lot of the start of the season, we're like, uh, who's it going to be? James Conner, Chase Edmonds, kind of splitting it up. Not the case anymore. James Conner has fully emerged as the guy. He's got like 11 or 12 touchdowns, I think, already this season. They gave him 21 carries in this one. He's been really good for them. And like you said about their defense, like they're just a really complete football team right now. And yeah, yeah. To be fair, Edmonds got hurt on the first play of the game. That's why. Yeah, you got his oh, did he? He got hurt. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> that explains it. Yeah. <laughs> but Seven, no, not- uh, Connors has been getting all the touchdowns for sure, though. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, <laughs> after a game like this, you know, twenty-one carries, basically hundred yards. I mean, that's you're going to be able to rely on that more. They didn't really know what they had at the beginning of the year. They figured Edmonds was going to be their go-to, but. Now it changes it up. Now, like you said, more balanced offense could be even more dangerous. But if you're a Niners fan, you got to be disappointed with the de- way your defense played today. I mean, no Kyler Murray and the way you're, what you expect out of your defense. 
rough. And also that run game, you know, Kyle Shanahan's known for his uh, mastermind that he is running the ball. Only 11 carries today on um, that offense. Elijah Mitchell, eight carries for 36 yards. That's not the San Francisco 49er way of football that gets them W. So kind well, of a disappointment I, there for them. I think game dictated that a little bit. Um, they, I was just going to say, because the other thing too, the yeah. defense Niners could have been tired. Uh, Kittle lost a fumble. I believe Ayuk lost a fumble. Yep. Um, yep. You know, Garoppolo threw a pick, which wasn't a great throw. Um, so they were out there a little bit, and obviously through all those turnovers, I think uh, you know the Cardinals were ahead pretty easily. I think they were up 14-0 after the first, 17-7 going into half. So, uh, and then they even outscored them in the third. So I think the you know flow of the game dictated that. I'm certain that they will be more uh, um, yeah. trying to get their the running game going in, in future games because they they just couldn't in this when they were running from behind. No, yeah, I agree. It's just it's not not the recipe for success, you know. Talking about Mike McCarthy, yeah, not for them. <laughs> but move on to the next game: the Los Angeles Chargers, Philadelphia Eagle. Pretty good uh, ball game we had here. Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Herbert uh, gets a late field goal at the end of the or he doesn't he sets up the charges for a late field goal gives them the win 27-24 how do you, you guys feel about this game this is the chargers team now that we i think we're coming to expect this is a good ball game it's a close game and they're pulling these out unlike the last few years they would lose these a lot um and i think i think justin herbert is now like kind of their focal point i know it's kind of weird to say most quarterbacks are but in the past few years, Eckler was definitely the guy that they were going to lean on. And even before that, maybe Melvin, even with Phillip Rivers, because he was getting older, they tried to lean on the run a little bit more. And, and usually that's a good sign. But when you got a guy that throws the ball as well as Justin Herbert does, and he can still run, you know, and, and be elusive in the pocket, you got to put your put the ball in your best player's hands. And for them, it's Justin Herbert, no doubt. Um, so doing that, he was 32 for 38, 356, two touchdowns. You know, that's how they're going to do it. Their defense played decent, wasn't great. Um, but, you know, Jalen Hurts still playing pretty well, but also not great. You know, almost got him in there. They got it, got him to tie it up in the end, but it just wasn't enough. So kudos to the Chargers. They, they, won, a, they won a battle. Yeah, I didn't see much of this one, along with the Cardinals game, because I was watching the Packers. <laughs> as evident as I didn't know Chase Edmonds got hurt on the first play of the game. But uh, this was this was much needed for the Chargers. You know, everyone was singing their praises early in the season. They drop a couple of tough losses, and we're thinking like, oh, no, are they back to the typical Chargers? But this was a big one. I mean, they're going on the road to Philly, not an easy place to play. And close game, but they pulled it out, did what they needed to do. And, yeah, Justin Herbert, big bounce-back game. But it's kind of crazy when you're looking at the stats. I mean, only four receivers got targeted today for the Philadelphia Eagles. Devontae Smith had five catches, Goddard three, Quez Watkins two, Jalen Rager one. So I, I don't know if Nick Sirianni is just being like, screw it. We don't trust Jalen Hurts throwing the ball. We're just going to run, 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 run as they ran the ball. I guess Jalen Hurts had 10 of those runs, but 27 designed run plays versus, you know, I don't know how many were designed for Hurts, but not like they're, they don't really have any faith in Jalen Hurts is what it seems like to me by only letting him throw the ball 
17 well, times, maybe 27 times. They're keeping that 50-50 balance, but I don't know. Something now, seems fishy there. It's been like that the past couple of weeks. They did not. They threw Jalen Hurts way too much. Like, I think in the first, like, four weeks, you know, they had Miles Sanders. But like, why mm-hmm. is Miles Sanders getting three carries? He literally had, like, three carries in a game. And they finally, it was against, they think, the Cowboys that they played in this year. There was a game. It was on prime time. And they didn't have, like, they had, like, two carries after the first half. And then they started to run the football. And got they almost came back and won. Because they started to run the football. They had success. But I think what Sirianni has done now is trying to focus on keeping the running game going, being able to run it. And you can open up play action, which would be wonderful for this offense, considering you have one of the better mobile quarterbacks in the NFL. So he can run out and he can scramble if he wants. Or, you know, what he does best is his natural ability of, you know, moving out of the pocket and making throws. So, it's worked, obviously. You know, like you said, the stat line looks weird, but that's what they need to do. Their defense is solid. They can keep them in the game, and they just need to keep, you know, the other team's offense off the field. And that's by running the football, and, they, and they're doing it effectively. Yeah, I don't think it was a terrible game plan. I mean, they played a team that most people thought were better than them, and it took a last-second field goal to beat them. So I don't disagree with the game plan. I think the roster that they had, it, it was a decent play, but – they're just not quite there yet. They don't have the talent. I don't think it's a Jalen Hurst problem, though. No, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the last game. Obviously, Packers-Chiefs. No Rodgers. Jordan Love gets in. And, uh, man, what a shitty game, I must say. So, Paul, I'm going to pass this one over to you. What did you see in this game? I saw a lot of defense. For sure. And the thing about this one is it was kind of frustrating watching the game because the entire focus was on Jordan Love and all the mistakes he was making. And on the other side of the football, Patrick Mahomes was playing pretty much an identical game. and But because his special teams didn't just absolutely shit the bed, like they basically never mentioned it. Never mentioned him at all. He's played like this for three, four weeks now, continued it in this one. And like I said, the Packers that had special teams in this one, I'm not saying they would have won the game, but it would have been a lot tighter than it ended up being. Because if you look at the numbers from both offenses, they were extremely similar. So I think for the Packers, you kind of take this. There's no such thing as a moral victory, but if there was, this would probably be it. I mean, they go into Kansas City, tough environment, and their defense balled out. I mean, they did everything they possibly could to give their team a chance in this one, but... Yeah, it's tough for the offense. I mean, you could you could tell Love just isn't quite ready yet, but I thought it was a solid game overall, aside from the special teams. Yeah. He he looked good in the second half, though. I mean, after yeah. after Once his, he got uh, a little comfortable, got in a rhythm for sure. Yep. Yeah, I I agree. I I mean, like Bully said, they were really pinpointing everything. I mean, they kept saying. You know, like even the broadcasters and even people on Twitter, I'd seen that, you know, this they were like, this is the game that they're going to decide whether they got to keep Rodgers or Love after this year. I'm like, that's preposterous. They're not going to make that decision off of one game. That, that's just that's literally absurd to think. Um, and, and yeah, everything that he was doing because of that idea, they were micromanaging and they're like, ooh, I don't know, you got to make that throw. Or you got to be able to do this. And it's like, yeah, I mean, but he's a second-year player. Effectively, he's a, a rookie because he didn't even suit up last year. 
he, you know, he, I don't, he didn't take one like preseason snap even because they didn't have it. So he's literally playing in like his fourth ever game, you know, including preseason. So of course he's going to look raw. No, he's not going to look great. Um, and yeah, it, like Bully said, it's identical numbers basically. Rodgers actually, or Rodgers, Love had more passing yards than Mahomes did even. The only difference in this game is that Mahomes and the offense didn't turn the ball over where they've had the most turnovers of any team this year in the NFL, and they didn't. And the Packers, you know, to their credit, obviously held them to a lot of punts. They didn't let them score a lot, um, but it just, they, you know, could have used a turnover or less turnovers from their special teams. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, man. No one could receive a punt from what it looks like. Pretty crazy. I'm sorry, a scrimmage kick. I gotta get, I gotta get out of that habit. But it, Mahomes, like you said, you guys basically said it well. Mahomes looked rough again. And if I'm a Chiefs fan, I don't. I mean, yeah, it's a moral victory. You won the game, but I'm still worried about my team. I mean, they're up against Jordan Love. I don't think no Bakhtiari. Eric Stokes had to leave the game due to an injury. Kenny Clark had to leave the game due to an injury. I mean, the Packers are just kind of falling apart. No one's really staying healthy, but they're still able to find people to step up and you know make plays, which is pretty crazy. I mean, I think there's a lineman that call got called for a holding. I'm like, damn, I didn't even realize that guy was on our never heard of that guy before. And that just shows how uh, deep in the well we're going to just to get people on the field. So it's pretty crazy there. I really wanted the defense to make a stop on that. Uh, the fourth, that third and long. I wanted to see Love with a minute left under under pressure to see what he could do. That would have been pretty cool. So I was rooting for one last play, but Mahomes threw a uh, – scrambled out, got away from Gary and threw a nice ball to Tyree Kill. So it's kind of a bummer there. But overall, still mad we didn't get our Mahomes-Rodgers matchup. Maybe one day that'll that'll come. But yeah, next year when he goes – yeah, the Broncos, yep. I don't know how many times I've heard that, but uh, for that's going to do it for our games. That is true. <clears throat> well, they said it all They said it all summer, so since it didn't happen, now we just got to pretend that it's going to be next year instead. Right. Yeah. But that's going to do it. We've made it through the Week 9 games. Pretty crazy. We're at the halfway point. Now that there's 18 weeks in the season, we'll have to do our – mid-season breakdown on Wednesday to see how we're feeling about teams and where they're on the standings. Just to be honest, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't looked at a standings in a while, and pretty soon we're going to be getting teams in the hunt for playoffs appearing on screens. It's going to be coming already, quick. I saw one today. No way. The- they already have an in the hunt? Still in Vikings were still in it. <laughs> still in the hunt. Everything eliminated yet. Everybody's in the hunt. Yep. Gotta love it. Hey, boys. A little bit of maybe foreshadowing for the next episode, but as of right now, my Titans are looking pretty good. Yeah, they are. Coming back. No problem. Hopefully Cooper Cup doesn't go crazy in the fourth quarter, but... I think they might hold on to this one. Here we go. That's going to do it for us today. So until next time, see you then. Peace.